Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Yeah, yeah, here we are. This is the Man Up Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. We're at Sugarland Baptist Church. We're in the Man Up Room. This is a men's only adult Bible fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist Church. And Sugarland is just outside of Houston, Texas, down in Southeast Texas. So we're so glad you're here. And uh, just want to let you know hey, easy with that killer. <laughs> and uh, we have a great panel today, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to introduce everybody, and then we're going to go around, and I'm going to let them uh, introduce themselves and talk about the lesson that we're on, <clears throat> and then we'll read a little scripture. And what this is about, this is a spiritual oasis for men. So... Typically, in our opening, if you heard it on iTunes or on SoundCloud or found us on Man-Up on Facebook, you'd hear that it said, we're not pastors, we're just regular guys. Well, we got an exception today, and he's back for more, our pastor Larry Post. So, we're so glad he's here. But the panel that we have, we have a world-class trainer with a Fortune 500 company, He's a trainer, but we call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. We have a risk uh, guy, insurance man. He's also our deacon, though. That's Kyle Trahan. And uh, like I mentioned before, we have a pastor. He used to be an accountant. But he's Larry Post, and he's here. Of course, we have an attorney uh, who happens to be a prosecutor. Of course, you know. Uh, happens to be a prosecutor, so don't do anything wrong in the city of Houston, because they'll throw the book at you. We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. And calling in by phone, he's one of our favorite policy writers. He's also a professional gambler. We've got Mr. Steve Titch. My name is Bill Cox, and I am the host, the director of Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship. I'm basically a sales guy, but I'm a writer and actor, too, so... We're so glad you're here, and I want to go around the room, and I'm going to get everybody's impression of this lesson. We're in a study called Going Viral, The Birth and Advance of the Church. This is our lesson two. It's from Acts 2. It's the arrival of the promised Holy Spirit. Just going to go around the room, let the guys on the panel introduce themselves give their overall impression of the lesson, then we'll read the scripture and go into a discussion. Going to go ahead and start with the professor, Mr. Robert Koshu. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. And I'm just going to add, Bill said we're outside of Houston, Texas. I'm a native Houstonian and lived here all my life, and I have waited for almost 50 years to say <laughs> yes, this. True. Home of the world champion Houston Astros. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Very nice. But this is a really interesting lesson. This is the birth of the church. This is I would agree, absolutely. This is where we start as a people. And I think that is the 
most impressive thing, and I mentioned something earlier, and we'll cover that up and talk about it, but that has been one of the biggest things to me has really been, as I thought through this and studied up on it last night, that this is really the birth of the church. I, I totally agree. Deacon Kyle. Uh, well, very well said. Um, take my moment, because uh, we always say we'll address anybody that you know, gives us a shout out on Facebook. And we had uh, Daniel Fingold uh, gave us a, a five-star rating. Said, Daniel! Perfect for the uncommon man. Great place for food for the soul. So thank you so much for sending in a comment. Um, yeah, like Robert said, you know, it's, it's the birth of the church, but... You know, it's, it's fulfillment of what Jesus said and what he promised that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I can't even imagine or fathom being in that room and, and the power that would have been there that day. And Collective power coming over everybody. Absolutely. Pastor Post. I agree. It's also, it's not only a birth, but I also kind of look at it as a transition. It's a transition from the old, even though the, the apostles who received the Holy Spirit first, they were they they were believers. They had been with with Jesus all this or most of the time he was going through his ministry, but they now transitioned from just believers to believers who also were given a task to go out and spread the word. And the, the mechanism and the uh, impetus, if you will, to do that was when they received the Holy Spirit and they the indwelling Holy Spirit was the mechanism to guide them in that spreading of the gospel. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Judge? Uh, we Folks, if, if we didn't make it clear, we're looking at Acts 2. Uh, the the day of Pentecost, the day of the arrival of the Holy Spirit, which in fact I think Robert and others have said Jesus predicted would come, and he in fact he gave his his, his apostles and his disciples instructions when he had died and when he had rose again and before he went to heaven when he was being uh, raised to heaven, he told them to go and wait in the upper room for uh, from for a promise which his heavenly Father. Would provide to them, and and frankly, I'm thrilled with the uh, the section we're going to look at today because any time you see God's power in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, is just thrilling. Whether it's healing of miracles, whether it's Jesus providing manna to four thousand, uh, pardon me, food to four thousand people with a couple of fishes, I just this is one of the most picturesque events that we will ever see in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and I just I think it's phenomenal. Uh, that we can look at it and talk about it today. Excellent. And back with us, one of our regular panelists. Uh, we had to have him phoned in, though, because he's still healing from his injuries. Mr. Steve Titch, go ahead, introduce yourself and uh, your overall impressions of this lesson. Hi, Steve Titch here, regular. Missed the last few uh, podcasts, recuperating from a, from a fall from my attic. Uh, hope to be there live, maybe... No promises, but maybe as soon as next week. Um, oh, that'd be awesome! I, yeah, I am in. Uh, I am in, in uh, outpatient therapy. I'm home. I'm walking around, getting bored. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we'll. Uh, so, hope to see you there next week. But this week, uh, looking at the lesson, Larry said it's a transition. 
Um, indeed it is. It is a fulfillment of, of uh, the covenant promise of, of the Last Supper and of the, of the crucifixion and resurrection. We are now seeing uh, the, the Lord God um, written on men's hearts. Um, the, there is no more nation... Um, and the tongues of fire are so significant, and I'm sure we'll get into the discussion of that. As we see in the New Testament, the fire came down to the tabernacle in Exodus after, after the whole nation went through these, these agony and pains and wounds to build the tabernacle. Um, the, the God comes down to dwell with the Israelite people in the form of a, of a, of a, of a cloud of fire and a cloud of smoke. And now here we have tons and tons of fire on individuals. And, and now it's no more nation. Um, it's, Christianity is now a personal religion. Um, a religion that, it will, as we see immediately, becomes shared. Uh, it, there is no longer a national boundary. There is no longer us and them. There is only uh, God's kingdom, God's people, and everyone is welcome. Well said, Steve. And for me, I'll get ready to go ahead and uh, read the lesson. What it tells me, though, it's almost like graduation for the apostles. You're no longer student. Yeah. You're teachers. And you're, and this is one thing about this Sunday school class, adult Bible fellowship, whatever you want to call it, we say man up. And that's the thing that the apostles are tasked to do. They're tasked to man up. On this, so here we are. We're going, we're in Acts, and I'll, this is Acts two, uh, one through sixteen, also twenty through through twenty four, and thirty six through forty one. And I'll go ahead and read. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered, because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? <clears throat> and how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. 
and now 22 through 24. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by the predestined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. And now finally, 36 through 41. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who is far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words he solemnly testified, and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. So I'm going to throw this out, and Steve, Steve kind of alluded to it and talked about the Holy Spirit working, because we were discussing without Steve on the line before we even started, Steve, and, and one of the things I said I really wanted to bring out is I'm looking at the map, and it's a map of the people that were listed that's in my study Bible, and it literally, there's about 19 different areas. And Steve talked about, in his opening, about how the Holy Spirit and God, this is the breaking down of national barriers and national identities. This is literally God tearing, replacing us and taking Babel away. And, and we had some great discussions around that several right. months ago. But this is God basically taking a reverse out of Babel. And where he confused the languages, and here he's reinterred the language. He's taking put taking that barrier away to where you're sharing. And so, what a message for us! And I think Larry had something he wanted to add to this. Of you know, in Sugarland, we we are literally the most diverse city in the world. That that is something that we've been talking about in our church for a while now. That we are we we almost don't have to come to the world because the world came to us. Right. We are hugely diverse. Right. And since Steve uh, uh, touched on that subject, let's. Steve, would you uh, like to go ahead and add on to uh, what Robert said? Well, I'm, I, I, I had the same thought um, as, as Robert did, uh, a kind of reversal of battle. Um, we now have uh, this miracle of the apostles talking in languages. Uh, they've never spoken before, maybe only heard smatterings of it. Certainly, this fluent, it's like, it's like uh, a bunch of us come out of man up suddenly and being able to talk Arabic or Chinese or uh, French or um, uh, Dutch, uh, you name it. Um, I can speak some, some French and that's about it, and, and some Spanish I picked up, but uh, these guys are delivering or sermonizing. They're sermonizing. Uh, in these languages, 
Um, and it is, uh, it is more, I mean, there's the, the miracle itself, but I think um, this is happening at a time, uh, uh, the, the, the Pentecost was already a, a Jewish feast of, at the time. It was, a, it was another gathering point in mm-hmm. Jerusalem where there'd be a lot of people there from a lot of different parts of the world, certainly all over the Middle East. And, you know, you can imagine, I, you know, I think that there isn't that much difference. There's, a, there's you know, the, the native Jerusalem resident who looks down at all this. Oh, goodness, the tourists are in town again. Oh, goodness. <laughs> right, you got, right. You got the guy, you got the guy, oh, I got stuck sitting next to a, a, a Cappadocian. And there's, suddenly there's this, there's this, again, this great moment of brotherhood. Um, even amid the snide remarks we, we read about, 3,000 uh, 3, souls come together, another, another individuation. Um, 3,000 people uh, embrace the, the message uh, that Peter gives them, and it transcends, it transcends nations. It's not just for, you know, for the people who live in Jerusalem or Judea. In fact, you know, but just like we studied uh, last week, it, it's not Jerusalem, Judea, and the rest of the world. Uh, and uh, the rest of the world was, you know, was at least represented there in some form in Jerusalem on this particular Pentecost. Uh, so it's it's again it, this is this is the big change where um, I think Christianity becomes uh, much more of a re- and, and much more of a religion where it's again personal where 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 God comes to you. Uh, God, the Spirit, comes to you and is, as the, the Lord is, indwelling. Um, and certainly the apostles get probably the most powerful indwelling experience of, of anybody. Um, but may, that, that's, the, that's the, you know, the engine that flames the uh, uh, fuel that gets them 3,000 3, Christians on that first day. Right, right, right. Very good. And Larry, you you had something you were going to yeah, add on that. Yeah, I was that? to kind of follow up on what uh, Robert and Steve had said. Talk, going kind of going back to the diversity of the countries that were represented there, and then kind of fast forwarding uh, a few years, Paul was uh, sitting. Uh, some speculate he was in prison writing his epistle to the Roman church. And he had Paul had not been to Rome yet, but he was writing his epistle to Romans. And you, the question comes up: Well, how did this church in Rome get started? There's strong speculation that by many uh, scholars, theologians, and scholars who speculate that the people who started this church in Rome very, very likely were there and part of this diverse crowd at Pentecost. And they took this back and established this church in Rome. So really? this is the this is kind of the um, the result, if you will, the first overseas mission that established one of the churches there. So, wow, okay, that is amazing. Judge, I'm just keeping. Yeah, I'm looking at verse five. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation to heaven. The first thing, you, you look at this, and at first, my first impression is that, oh, okay, the Lord dropped the Holy Spirit and a message in on these people in Jerusalem. But you know what? He picked out who was going to hear his message. 
He directed it specifically to these people they named. They, had, they didn't just happen to be in Jerusalem at this time. They were there because of what we said, the Passover. Right? They're celebrating the Passover. So we're talking about devout Jews, religious men. Possibly not, not Pharisees. The Passover, the Pentecost. Pentecost. My apologies. Feast of yeah, I, I have to go back. About 50 days after Passover. Yes. Right. Yeah. right. And what is it again? The Feast, Feast of Tabernacles? Feast of Weeks. Feast of Weeks. Weeks. That's right. There were men there that were clearly religious authorities and clearly strong religious people. And the Lord chose at this particular date, this particular time. And you notice what these men were doing. We, we, we looked at this a, a week ago in another lesson. Before this happened, all these apostles and disciples were praying. Mm -hmm. They were seeking God for direction and for the gift of the Holy Spirit itself. So when it dropped on them, God just does perfect things perfectly. Not only is His timing for the <clears throat> apostles and the disciples to receive this powerful gift, but it's also perfect timing for those people who happen to be in Jerusalem at that time to receive it and their hearts to be softened and hear it in such a way that it, that it reaches them and converts them to Christianity. Well, and, and Bill read earlier, both Jews, and he is the word in the scripture that, that's in our, in our book, and I, I keep trying to find it, and I haven't found it which translation I'm choosing. It said the Jews and the proselytes, and proselytes yeah. were yeah. Con converts to Judaism. So Gentiles mm -hmm. who had made the decision to be Jewish That's correct. at that point. And so I think that's you know, kind of important because here, here we go. We're going we're gonna to start the church off and instantly you notice it's not a Jewish thing. Yeah. Right at it, the end yeah. of uh, 10. Yeah, proselytes. It's not yes, a yes. Jewish thing. From the beginning, no, that's correct. it was established as not a Jewish thing. And, and or not exclusively. Not exclusively Jewish, Jewish. Jewish. yes. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think that's going to, we're, we're going to see that has a re recurring theme throughout Acts as we get moving on because it, it really becomes something they have to kind of get over and they get hung up on. And so this is going to be a, it's going to be an interesting discussion moving forward. And we're going to see that down the road in Acts oh, yeah. 15 where we get to the Jerusalem Council and this very same thing comes to a head and they finally re reconcile this issue, what do you have to do to be a Christian? Well, it's not, you don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to go through all of the, the Jewish traditional things. You don't have to do all of that. Which, and, and that kind of gets me back to Peter's sermon. And Bill read part of it. And the parts that we skipped over were some Old Testament mm -hmm. quotes. The, the verses that we skipped over. And it's amazing because this sermon, you can argue, is one of the most successful sermons of all time. Yeah. Because at the end of it, we're Baptists, so we do an altar call. When Peter gave the altar call, 3,000 people came forward and got right. baptized. Right. You know, yeah. we, we are not a huge church, but we're not a small church. I heard in my meeting earlier, we're going to put 2,300 people in our sanctuary Saturday night for a John, John Chris, Chris concert. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we're not even at the number that converted can you imagine what happened if Pastor Taylor gave a sermon one Sunday and basically the entire congregation came forward? Right. That's literally what we're looking at. But here's the funny part, and I think this is something I think we could talk about a little bit, that there is no Paul's justification leads to sanctification. <laughs> you know, there is no faith versus works going on here. There is quite simply, this is Jesus. He died. God rose him from the dead. 
You need to believe on that. That was Peter's message. It was down mm-hmm. to the simple, bare bones message. And well, it was the same message that the thief on the cross got. Yeah, it, right. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was arguably incredibly successful. And I think a lot of times, especially guys, you know, we like complex. You know, we like simple, but but you know. Don't don't have us try to explain something because we're liable to. <laughs> well, I mean, here's here's the okay. Kyle, go go ahead. Yeah. Deacon Kyle. You know, so you add on to that that yes, it was a great sermon, mm-hmm. but you have this hugely diverse group out there that can't even converse to each other. You know, you can <laughs> imagine a marketplace there, and you don't know the language of the vendor that you want the fruit from. You're pointing and trying to figure out a sign language or whatever. Here this guy gets up on stage, on podium, wherever he is, however this is done, and he speaks. And every one of them understands him. In their language. Right. In their own native tongue. How can this one dude be doing this and be talking to everyone on this crowded street? You know, I I think I said this on Sunday that... I kind of imagine, you know, today's Olympics. Every country in the world just about is represented at the Olympics. And you have an announcer from every single country with a camera crew speaking in their native tongue to talk about their, you know, players and what's happening. Take all that away and you got one guy speaking to the world. That's huge. And everybody understands. And everybody understands. I, I, uh... I have just a little different take, and, and I want to go ahead and get Steve in here uh, uh, next, though. Um, and because I'm, I'm a farmer, I'm from a farm background, uh, and all these people, they brought offerings of bread and sacrifices to the temple to give uh, thanks to God for the harvest, okay? That is people of faith, good, solid quality people of faith. And then the Holy Spirit comes on them. So these are people of faith that, and I call them consumers of faith, and yet when they leave this after the Holy Spirit, they will be providers of faith and leaders of faith. So it's it for them is a huge transformation from being a consumer. And I, and I look, at, look at my own life. I was in Sunday school for 40 years before I, decided, before I was promoted to Sunday school teacher. You know, <laughs> I, I was just, not only did I never, I never felt led to, but then all of a sudden, like when Mike and I uh, were in the class, it just happened. And now it's taken my my faith and my life a whole new direction. Right. And just imagine that for this whole crowd, individually, but collectively for the whole crowd to go from being consumer to leader of the faith. Each individual. Huge difference. Steve, we don't want to leave you out. Your impression. Um, uh, well, 
it's a it's a it's a it's a great way to put it. Um, they're 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 people from the countryside um, who knew these scriptures well, um, and perhaps this again the story of Jesus connects with them. There, if you know, the word has to have gotten around. It was only seven weeks prior that uh, the, the crucifixion happened. Um, the murmurs of, you know, what happened to the body. Um, and uh, suddenly, here are these, the, the, the guys who were hiding, coming out and talking about this in a very direct, unabashed, um, un, you know, un, un, we can almost say aggressive, they're not trying to be defensive of that. You know, they start out by saying, I know you've never heard of anybody rose from the dead, but let me tell you the story. They basically come out and, let me tell you about Jesus Christ who conquered death and rose from the dead. And, and, and let me tell you about what he did and why that's significant. And um, there's, again, there's the, the message here, and I think the first message that goes out is this is fulfillment of the scriptures. Um, we talked about yes, uh, uh, certainly a, a religion, a, a faith, a message for the whole world. But this is what God is all about. And how did these people's hearts change? We don't know. We don't. We do know. Obviously, there were Christians soon after in in Judea, and if, if Larry spoke about it, that's where the seeds were laid that took um, that took Christianity all the way to Rome. And you know, clearly. People left the Feast of Weeks talking about this and talking about saying, hey, you know, two minutes, uh, you know, this guy was at the marketplace and I didn't understand a word he was saying and he seemed both to be able to grasp what, what, uh, what the man on the balcony said. Uh, and, and indeed, these could have been the very first seeds that, uh, you know, and, and then, of course, Jesus did a, an entire parable about that and they fell on fertile ground. So a couple of years later, uh, well, it's more than that, but I guess around 10, 15 years later, Paul shows up in Turkey uh, at places like Ephesus and Thessalonica, and there's already an audience for this. Yeah! Yeah, we've been hearing about this. Um, so uh, you know, he, he went to the Jerusalem that year, and they talked about this. This, this, this man who rose from the dead, who, who conquered sin. Um, so, so, but yes, I mean, you could say that the people who walked away and just simply talked about it and spread this news, and even to a certain degree uh, comprehended it, maybe not as well as the, the apostles uh, did, um, but, you know, soon after you have Stephen making a very, a, a, a sermon of almost, you know, the same same depth and dimension that um, Peter makes here, he's making it in the synagogue, and the, the other apostles are going around fearlessly preaching this, and, and they're backing it up with healings. So, yes, it's, 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 it can't help but get people talking about it, and certainly uh, at a time of, you know, great upheaval that's going on with the Romans, you know, politically, uh, and socially, it, 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 it can't help but um, you know grab a, a, a grab people. There, this. <laughs> I think uh, 
Steve, I think it was confrontational, like you said. Peter looks at the people, and, and this is, again, this is exactly very different from what we expect our pastors to be preaching to people. We love you. We, we want to help you. We want to give good things to you. Instead, uh, Peter looked at him and said, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man who worked miracles and signs and wonders among you, who God performed and performed them through you, you put him on the cross and killed him. It was yeah, a direct I, message. Right. I it mean, was, it, it was, and, and we talk about this in, in the training world, we talk about different colors of personality. And a green person is a person who wants to take a real casual approach and real, and then there's red, and red is direct. Peter yes. went red. <laughs> oh, he, boy, he did, and it, you know, and, and and we tend to, and I, and I think this is, and this is sometimes we all need that, honestly, we, we do. And the problem is, though, and and I think, and this is something maybe we could talk a little bit about. We're not supposed to go red ever, and and there are times going red and going very direct is highly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. There are other times that going very direct is highly appropriate. <clears throat> But in particular, in the culture we're living in, in the world we're living in, we're highly discouraged from being direct. And that's yeah, part of yeah. the problem we have sometimes as men, because our, our nature is to go, especially if we are type A personalities, and I know enough about all of us to know we are, <laughs> you know, our, our nature is to go red all the time. But we're, like you say, a lot of times, Bill, you, you kind of joke about, you know, if you're awesome, say you're awesome. Your wife isn't here to tell you no. Right. You know, but it, at this point, society tells us we have to kind of take it easy, don't want to offend anybody, you know, kind of kind of give them the milk toast part of the message. You yeah, don't want to scare you, them. If you think about Jesus, I mean, he lost his temper. He was well, direct. And well, and, and he when was, he was in the temple and we threw well, out uh, but, the change. But not only that, but he was direct in loving ways. Think of the woman at the well. Yes. Was, <laughs> he, he looks was at her he and he goes, loving way when he threw out the people in no, the temple? But, and that is the directness that we as men right. forget that sometimes that's warranted. Right. You know, Jesus himself well, did it, and this is well, the kind of gentleman children, you, you have to know. be read once in a while. Right. Well, and, and <laughs> but it's also direct, like the woman at the well, where, I mean, he, he sets her up. Mm-hmm. He goes, Where's yeah, your he husband? He did. Because <laughs> he knew the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and her answer is, Well, I don't have a husband. And instead of Jesus going, Well, you know, we need to talk about that. A little bit, you know, what did he do? He said, you're right when you say you don't have a husband. You've had four, and the man you're with right now isn't really your husband. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he did not mince words with her. And this sermon is this sermon is one of those things. Peter's sermon does not mince words, as Mike said. He's very, you know, you killed, these men killed him. Mm-hmm. You were part of that, by the way. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does kind of allude that, you know, he... Y'all all just kind of stood around and let him kill Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, but he, and also says, he also says, you know, in his own way, let me go back to the, to the reading, that uh, the, way is, the way to forgiveness is still open. Um, yes. He, he's yes. You, 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 really, you really screwed this one up. Um, and, you know, maybe in your glorious ignorance you'll be forgiven. 
And he says, like, he does that. He's, he actually does make, he does more than that. He just says, repent. He says, what shall we do? He, says, I, he comes out and says, you crucified your God. What are you going to do now? And he says, repent. And each of you will be baptized. It, 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 it ain't over for you. And, and that's, I guess that's, that's the important part of this. And, and it's too bad because many, many even in the Christian faith stop at that. You're crucified, by, you put him on the cross, you're going to have to bear that guilt, you know, and, and pray for your redemption. You, you don't, you don't, you can pray, you don't pray, to me, you don't pray for your redemption, you accept redemption. Redemption is freely offered. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I pray for wellness with my kind of downtrodden state and, and hope to be restored, but the, the redemption, and, and, and Paul nails it right here in the first, he says, repent, and, and you're redeemed. Let me go back to what it says, repent, each of you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's the great thing. I mean, there it is. As I say in the part of good news, it's right there. Yeah. Right there on, on day one, as we're saying. And, and it's, not, it's not something that has to be prayed for. It's not something, it's, it's something you can look into your heart and feel, oh, I really screwed up there. This was my Lord, my God. Forgive me. I, I fall on my knees and ask for forgiveness and accept your forgiveness, and I am redeemed. I, I don't have to spin a wheel for some kind of assurance that maybe I'll get it if I pray hard enough or I'm a devout hard enough. Peter is saying it right here. Repent and you'll receive the Holy Spirit and then begin your spirit-directed life. Let me back up a little bit and, and kind of key off of what you were mm -hmm. talking about as far as the, the people that Peter was talking to. And I think he had a very sound basis for going oh, with, yeah. to use your words. Because what he was doing, he was basically saying, okay, you've come here. This is the festival. You've brought your sacrifices. You've done this. And you've done this according to what the mandate was year after year or quarter after quarter or however frequently. Mm -hmm. And now he's saying, you've now got to transition. Ooh, that's got good. To transition. I would agree. Oh, I would absolutely is, agree. That, that is fantastic. He was speaking from leader. Well, yeah. not well. only from consumer to leader, but also from the old Jewish thinking of having to sacrifice every periodic to transition to trusting the perfect sacrifice that God that that's Jesus one. made on the cross, and none of this has to be done anymore. So he's basically saying the Old Testament stuff is now done away with. You don't have to do that anymore. You need to transition and go to the once-for-all sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. He was speaking to the Jews. That's why he was able to go back and quote from the Old Testament. They knew exactly what he was oh, yeah. talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now, you got to put all that behind you. you got to transition to the sacrifice, the once-for-all, the perfect sacrifice, that Jesus made on the cross, and then get out there and proclaim that message. And this is your Messiah that you've been looking for. That's right. And you have to accept it.
Yeah, very good. Right. Very good. I think that's a, that's a really good point. Very good. That really is. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting down to Ashley. I'm sorry I said ladies. Uh, gentlemen, this is the Man Up Podcast, and uh, we're getting down to the end, and I want to go around the room and get some final thoughts uh, from the fellas um, about this particular lesson. And uh, go ahead, and uh, I don't like to do anything in any particular order, uh, Deacon Kyle, your, your wrap-up, your summary on this. Well, shout-out, Bill. You did great on those names. Like <laughs> Marcus on Sunday did a great job on them. Right. Didn't stutter. We've had it twice this you week. You just kind of got to go with it. That's we, right. We missed it. We missed you know, it. if you don't quite know it, sometimes you just kind of run it together, and that nah, all comes out. Yeah, yeah you got to go with it. That's um, you know, again, it's, it's, it had to be a crazy day. You know, so much going on and, and the sermon and so much for them to to chew on. You know, so imagine yourself being the audience. And, you know, he, he's you're hearing him in a language that, you know, you understand that you know he probably doesn't because of where he comes from. And he's telling you, well, you know, guys, you missed it. The Messiah was here and you screwed everything up. And you killed him. Right. And now he's gone. But you can still believe in the power of Jesus, that he is God. He was God here on earth. And great things can happen by believing in Jesus. Right. And, you know, then they go on. And, and going into the next one, it's, it's going to be another very cool lesson, um, you know, that they, they show some of that miraculous healing right, right. You know, in our next lesson. So really cool stuff. Steve, your summary uh, of this lesson. Uh, the idea of transition, I think everybody gave, gave a different take on it, but transition, change, um, dynamic change, um, uh, uh, perspective change. And like, like anything, again, looking ahead, it isn't long before there's resistance to this. Um, that, uh, that the, the idea that, that, uh, we just, uh, the, the kick it around so much fatally, but the, the world had changed in, in these, in these, uh, in these eight, in these seven weeks, seven, eight weeks between, uh, Jesus' arrival at Jerusalem, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and now the coming of the Holy Spirit, so perhaps nothing like in human history happened over that eight-week period. The world, indeed, had changed. Um, but no, people's hearts did not change that quickly. So while a tra great transition is happening, the resistance is forming, and, and it's going to be certainly a time where we'll see those, that leadership and that resolve tested. Um, by, by some, and there will be those that... that do so heroically, but with the help of the Spirit, and those those who fail, it'll be it'll be an interesting story as we move forward. Excellent, excellent, Pastor Post. The one, I guess, if I had to kind of narrow this down to one or so takeaway, these three thousand people plus the plus the disciples had a a, a Pentecost. It was a transitional moment. But I also think that that happens now because every time that someone goes from 
not believing to believing, they also have their individual Pentecost. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit indwells them. He ceases to be an external influence. He becomes an internal influence and guiding their, their life. So each one of us, when we accept Christ, we have what I think of as an internal Pentecost, an individual Pentecost. Excellent. Professor? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to finish with what we're called to do as a church. Um, Acts 2, uh, verses 42 through the end of the chapter. Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's, that's truly viral. Yep. Excellent. Judge? Yes, um, I want to add to what uh, Pastor Larry Post has said. Um, folks, if by chance you're listening and you don't know or have Jesus in your heart, uh, this is a perfect opportunity to do that and a perfect opportunity to ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Uh, this is what this is all about. The, the powerful incoming of the Holy Spirit that led the apostles to, to preach God's Word and the Gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ was in fact the Messiah and He died for our sins and now represents us in heaven before the Heavenly Father. Uh, this is your opportunity to, to become part of the family of God and become part of the church as we have uh, now talked about uh, the whole experience itself. And all you have to do is ask Christ to forgive you of your sins, and He will come into your heart and believe that He is, in fact, the Messiah. Amen. Well, <clears throat> what I take away from this uh, lesson is I go back to my farm roots. These are simple believers that just came to the feast to do some sacrifices. And they left never to be the same again. And just imagine them going back home. And you can too. We welcome you. Uh, this is the Man Up Podcast. You can find us on Facebook under Man-Up. You can also search us on iTunes. There's a lot of Man Up. But search Man Up, Bill Cox, and you'll get the right one. Or you can find us on SoundCloud under Man Up. We invite you, of course, every week to tune in. This is our 31st, but we continue to do them. If you have a question, post it on Facebook and we'll answer it or have a comment, just like uh, what Daniel left uh, Kyle. Uh, we'll answer it or respond to it at this podcast. We invite you to join a Bible-based church Get involved in a men's only adult Bible fellowship. And if there isn't one, go ahead and start it. This is Man Up. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.